Edition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today, one of my very best friends, Luke. Today, we are in for another episode of Filmic Franchises. For this week's edition, we are tackling the seemingly finished uh, Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, Luke, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back on, Jeremy. This yes, is yes, uh, yes. We were talking before we started recording here. This is the first time that I have been on the pod since we reviewed uh, the Uncharted movie. So a lot of yeah. <laughs> a lot of themic similarities between Indiana Jones and inspiring uh, the Uncharted franchise. And it's funny enough, we're, we're sitting in my apartment we're recording this, and I have uh, the poster, the movie poster from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So, oh, such a um, good movie. I, yeah, this, this franchise holds a... a near and dear place in my heart and so I'm, I'm excited to talk shop with you yeah i was gonna say that that was gonna be my next question i didn't put it on our uh our outline but what's your what's your kind of experience with indiana jones like i know growing up for us like the top tier for us uh video game wise like lego wise was definitely uh, pirates of the caribbean too but um indiana jones i feel like took that top spot for us so I, I felt yeah. like that was kind of a source of a lot of fun for us so like when did you kind of get into the franchise when did you kind of latch to it yeah so so first of all i'm never going to turn down any lego video game i was all <laughs> over you know give me star wars jurassic park like lord of the rings you name it i was going to play it but I in you right. play lord of the rings i actually am really i'm curious to see what that ended up being like cuz i never got to pretty play. badass you mm. get to explore all of middle earth like it was super cool mm. but um but indiana jones especially was was really good but i actually Got into the you know the the universe of Indiana Jones fairly fairly early on compared to a, a lot of kids that I know. So I was I think I'm the, on the floor. Yeah, <clears throat> Papa Squat. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Um, I think I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can vividly remember where I was. I think I was about seven years old in my grandmom's basement in Iowa. It's a lot of nostalgia. Lot, oh yeah, just yeah. classic classic setup. Watching you know grandma's basement watching. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's how I feel like all all people's origin stories uh, start with falling in love with this franchise. But um, yeah, I I distinctly remember watching this entire mystery of of Indiana Jones uh, finding the Lost Ark and and um, the consequences that came with him continuing to explore that. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the the face melting scene at the end of the movie iconic um iconic that's that's what really wrote me in and you know after that i started to to explore online you know what you know this is an awesome movie is this just in a vacuum like what other piece of indie could i latch on to um and so after that i not only got more into indiana jones in the franchise but it really sparked this love for history as well that i think a lot of kids can relate to um with with indie being that sort of uh snowball that eventually turns into an avalanche of, of kids who love history i do think that's pretty cool that they kind of wove in this um you know him being a historical professor and that being the basis for all of his adventures like i i, I absolutely love that about indiana jones that yeah. and this like go between between the mythic and the the scientific and the material like i love that little conflict oh yeah well, within the character even exactly it, it would it would be one thing if if indy Played by Harrison Ford, which we should start off by saying, yeah. Harrison Ford absolutely <laughs> kills it in every every yeah. movie that he's in. He he really was this sort of blueprint for at the time this '80s hero. Yeah, but not only that, they added a lot of depth to him 
by, like you said, um, making him a well-rounded character. The fact that he was in, he was invested in what he was pursuing for other than material reasons. He clearly yeah. had a love of archaeology, of history, um, and you see that in a lot. You know, I I go back to one of the early early scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, how cool he looks teaching in his classroom, yeah. <laughs> and how focused uh, some of his kids are, and and just how passionate he is teaching this sort of archaeology. And then, of course, he you know at the same time he's pulling chicks. Like you have you have you have girls writing "I love you" on time. on their eyelids. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, just a badass character overall. Absolutely, and you can you can even see the continuation of that, like all the way through to Dial of Destiny, to where it's like the one time in the early in the Muku where we actually see him get excited is uh, when Phoebe Waller Bridge's character at the top actually knows something about history. It engages mm-hmm. him. It interests him. Yeah. But like, yeah, when I was going through for all the movies um, and seeing what my likes, what my dislikes were. Like every single like category, I, I felt compelled to mention Harrison Ford yeah. as the lead character. Like, I, he's so good, he really is. It, it, yeah, I, I I went through um, for transparency, and I, I wrote you know the highs and lows of each movie, mm-hmm. and where I thought of him. Not once, not once did I ever even consider Harrison Ford not one of the high selling points for for any yeah. of these movies. Time after time, he always delivers, um, and and clearly is the cornerstone of this franchise as much as Spielberg is. Um, True. Harrison, true. Harrison Ford. If yeah. if it's not him. funny enough, do you know who else was in the running to play Indiana Jones? I there don't. Was, uh, no. I'm <laughs> sure there were there were a lot, but one guy specifically, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. If Tom he Selleck. if he had not been involved with Magnum PI at the time, I think uh, when they first that was were, like top choice. Were shooting. Yeah, yeah. I think really? if they if it had not been, um, if. Tom Selleck had not been involved with Magnum PI. Hmm. I think that he would have been in serious contention to become Indiana Jones, which is weird to think about. Yeah, I don't like that. After all these years <laughs> and having Harrison Ford, but very, very weird to think of it's, Indy it's without weird. Harrison Ford. Yeah, not even just without Harrison Ford. Like, obviously, yes, because totally different person. But like the mustache too, that feels like such <laughs> an out of place thing for Indiana's character. Yeah, like we see them kind of rugged, but never with like actual facial hair. Really, that, that feels so weird. To yeah, me. I mean, cuts and bruises. But he's he. Funny enough, you're right. It seems like no matter what he's getting into, Indy is all, always seems to be a little bit clean shaven, like a little too, yeah, yeah a little yeah. too, too clean and shaven. You but know, fits the '80s hero that you mentioned earlier, like that arch- archetype, like for sure, that's yeah. '80s hero, clean shaven, and and he's, he's at the end of the day, we got to remember, strong jaw. <laughs> at the same time, we got to remember he's an academic, so he's got to got to stay clean yeah. and polished to some degree. He's a professor. You're right. You're right. Very right, steep. Let's, let's roll into to Raiders. Um, okay. I guess you you know I'll, I'll let you kind of dictate. You want to talk about what you you liked or what you disliked first? So we we can start with what I like. Um, okay. Which for for Raiders of the Lost Ark before start, starting off there, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot <laughs> to like. Um, for each of these movies, I kind of tried to sum it up in one word um, or one phrase, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Um, the way I would characterize Raiders of the Lost Ark is this this movie is the blueprint. Mm-hmm. This is really the cornerstone, the foundation of what Indiana Jones would become. And, yeah. you know, for better or for worse, I don't think that they, Steven Spielberg and, and everyone involved, uh, I don't know that they ended up topping this because I I really? love this movie and I think mm-hmm. so highly of this movie. Um, a couple of the highs for me, obviously we've talked about Harrison Ford, yeah. but the one other really, really big thing that I think separates this movie from the rest in the franchise is the cinematography. Mm. I think that the level of focus and intent 
that went into this movie from Steven Spielberg's mm-hmm. perspective as the director here is unlike any other movie or that that follows in this franchise. Mm-hmm. And to to really make an example of that and just how detailed and just how um, beautiful this film really was. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen, there's a YouTube video where it kind of explains how uh, Steven Soderbergh, the director for the Oceans movies, yeah, yeah. in his free time, he would go back and he would cut up these old movies. He cut up Psycho, um, a, a lot of really nostalgic movies and kind of did his own take on them. Yeah. He did the same thing for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And so what he did was he went and removed all dialogue, all music, all real sound effects, and all color. So the movie is, it's just Raiders it's black in black and, and white. And silent? <laughs> no. He replaces it with this like electronic, low, really tense and serious music from the social network. And basically what this, okay. what this experiment did was it kind of showed how much the direction of the actors and the cinematography in general um, can tell you without even knowing what someone is saying or the music to explain what the feeling about the scene should be. Um, there's still so much that goes unspoken just because I think that the camera work, it really is like... Speaks a, for it. Like it. It speaks for it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's very, very film noirish in yeah. that way. So... Um, that that's really the the high points of what I love about this movie compared to the the rest in the franchise is, is just mm-hmm. how much of a um, a film noir drama this is on yeah. top of the fact that it's an adventure movie. Yeah, true. It, it definitely brings that uh, brings that uh, beat to it, especially when we're in like the the city centers and we're like down all these alleyways and stuff. And I really like the way that uh, Steven Spielberg uses long shots in here just to establish exactly what. You know, he immediately at the outset of most scenes, he'll give us a characterization of the environment just with the camera. You know, no descriptor, no like, you know, nowadays, like especially, you know, Uncharted scene that we've already mentioned that like that and Marvel movies, they always have this inclination to put like a Vormir 2014, like they give exactly Mm -hmm. where we are. Like, yeah, I do like the the idea that, uh, you know, you just show a picture and like. I don't necessarily need to know exactly where it is. Like okay. it, he establishes it really well, and this is the only movie that I um, noted that I really like Steven Spielberg's like contribution. Like it feels really material to why I enjoy the movie. Yeah. For me, um, I I uh, had not really seen uh, Indiana Jones in in my childhood that much. Okay. Um, you know, maybe when we were in like middle school, I started watching like I think I saw Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom was your first one. Yeah, I think it was so. your first Indian movie. Um, wow. And that was it. Like, I hadn't seen any of the rest until, like, two years ago. Um, kind of ramping up for, you know, when Dial of Destiny got announced. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I really like the, uh, the from the get-go, this, you know, difference between what is material and in the real world and what is fiction you know or like legend like mythical yes mythical like i love that little cross section that they always have to come at and i think this uh in this movie is probably my favorite yeah um because you know being (laughs) a a christian like (laughs) i the iconography of the lost ark is like very embedded in my knowledge Mm -hmm. so you know seeing that brought to reality and uh, seeing it used in such a materialistic way when it is the embodiment of mythos like yeah. I, I really really enjoy seeing that 
kind of shed a different light, to be honest with you, too, because, yeah. you know, growing up in Catholic school, we, we know that Moses put the Ten Commandments yeah. in, in <laughs> this, this, uh, this ark. What they don't talk about <laughs> in Catholic school is the, the hundreds and hundreds of years of war and yeah. terror that followed um, fighting over this lost yeah. ark and the death that follows and um, the, the idea that you want to be careful what you wish for if you ever do get to uncover this sort of mythical, follows, yeah. mythical <laughs> device. Um, and and we've, you know, we, we end up finding out what exactly happens when you are not necessarily irreverent, but when you are ambitious and, you know, you are thinking only of yourself in, yeah. in the discovery of these things. For the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. That's that's a theme that comes up time yeah. and time again in this in yeah. this series. Absolutely, uh, is, is that idea of arrogant people thinking that they have it figured out, that they know more than they actually do about the world that we live in and, and the consequences of that. Yeah, and I got to say, one of the things the franchise does well is making that same you know basic outline of a narrative they still make it interesting every single time like i don't feel oh, yeah. like i'm re-watching the same movie every yeah. time even though in essence you know if i strip it down to the bare details i am what uh is there anything you disliked about this movie yeah so i i think really there there really is no no one in terms of acting that that gives a bad performance i think karen allen is yeah. is great as miriam i think that relationship is really really great in this movie yeah um I'm I'm blanking on the name of the actor who plays Belloc, but he is the perfect counterpart mm. to Indiana in this in this movie, kind of establishing himself as this nemesis that is can go tit for tat with Indy um, in terms of their knowledge about these antiquities that they're chasing. Yeah. Um, but he's just a little bit more ruthless, a little bit. He's just twisted. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit more twisted than Indy. So I, I I love the performance in this. The the one thing that I think I would say aged poorly mm. um, would be the portrayal. The, of Egypt in this movie, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I that they put uh, the depiction of Arabic people. Yes, <laughs> yep. So, so the depiction the depiction of Egypt has Oof. not aged aged well at yeah, all. Rough. Um, and really, that that can that continues. We'll talk about Temple of Doom, which yeah, is a that's, whole that's a mess. <laughs> whole other conversation. But you know, aside from from the not you know that being not the best interpretation of what. 1930s, 1920s, 1930s. Yeah. Uh, Egypt looked at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had no no notes on this. I think it's yeah. it's creative. It's it's uh, it's original, but also not original at the same time. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Clearly, absolutely. this was yeah, clearly it's... this movie and this franchise was inspired. George Lucas and um, Steven Spielberg. They grew up at a time in the 1930s where they were watching. Westerns yeah. on on they were watching Clint Eastwood shoot yeah. up bad guys every single week, um, and so they took that yeah. and they basically pieced a billion different westerns, old serial westerns. Yeah. They pieced a billion of those all together into one two-hour time frame. So it's just encounter after an encounter where Indy is having to to figure out the next problem that he's going to get out of. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really have no notes on this. Yeah, I the only things that I put down were uh, was the depiction of uh, Arabic peoples uh, and uh, snakes. Those are my only negatives. <laughs> so so the snakes thing is that because you're also scared of snakes, or yes, did you? That's because okay. I'm also scared of snakes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's not because it's like poorly placed or doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I do love that. That's a little quirk of India. <laughs> he's just terrified of snakes, even though he's like essentially a tomb raider. You know, for the respectful reasons, but yeah. you know, respectfully. Um, 
real quick before we wrap up Raiders. Yeah, sure, sure. Give me what is your favorite scene from this movie? Ooh. And then we I guess we gotta do overall scores, right? Um yeah, sure. Yeah. Um my favorite scene out of Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, it literally might <laughs> might possibly be just when they open the ark and everyone gets their faces melted off. Like yeah. obviously visually it's not like the most pleasing scene, but you know, it's I think that that climax was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Kind of seeing the the hubris, you know, get hubris, you know. Yeah. Like I, I loved I love seeing that in movies. So that's that's probably my favorite. Um I gave this movie an eight point five. Okay. Um, uh, I can definitely see people go a lot higher than that. I can see people go a perfect ten out of ten. Um, but like for me, you know, it, it, I do love, like you said, how George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg kind of repackaged uh, a lot for the '80s and this kind of coming into American cinema. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe it's just the the genre that doesn't grasp me as well. Yeah. You know, maybe it is this, like you mentioned, restless nature of Raiders that I just never get a breath. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, maybe that just frustrates me a little bit over the course of the watch. But, man, I, I probably could put this on an infinitely rewatchable list. Like, I, I could probably watch this once a week and I would not get bored of it. It mm-hmm. just feels that essential to enjoy Absolutely. cinema. And it stands on its own. It's not like a, it does. It's not like a couple in this series mm-hmm. where you... You feel left out because you haven't seen previous iterations of yeah. Indy. Yeah. Um, Raiders alone, they could have stopped right then and there, and we would be just. Have I would this, still have no notes. Yeah. I would still, yeah. That's <laughs> so this like encapsulate like this. I don't even know how to say like. This. So it's a perfect microcosm for what yeah, microcosm. what Indiana Jones is. They yeah. you know, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit more. But that that it, Raiders, I think personally, is part of the. Not downfall, but part of the issue that uh, Steven Spielberg and the creators had afterwards was trying to um, build off of this movie that really could could have stood alone in its place in yeah. cinema history. I do think they spent a lot of time kind of trying to think like, how can we build off of this? You know, versus like, I think it's it, it would have been so much better. And like, I I do think that you know, relatively, uh, Indiana Jones is a franchise. It follows kind of. Uh, a loose structure narratively like we do kind of track Indy as he grows up mm-hmm. you know in, into you know elderly age yeah but that said I, I do feel like they they did a pretty good job at making each of the stories kind of their own little adventure um yeah. really Dial of Destiny was the only one that I looked at and I was like okay I do need to watch other stuff to understand Dial Pretty of Destiny person. for sure yeah um, and I guess I guess Kingdom of the Crystal Skull tosses in there too but yeah. Shia LaBeouf shows up so you know it's <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of wiggle room there. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite scene out of, out of Raiders? Ton to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I personally go, and this this might be a hot take, but I actually mm. think the very first introduction we get to Indy in South America mm. with the the pursuit of the golden idol oh, with him man, and Alfred Molina. Right. Um, yeah. That that entire sequence, the from everything from holy shit, that's Alfred Molina. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my uh, God! Wow, that he sorry, that kind of he blew my plays Indy's uh, Indy's partner there that that eventually uh, rips off Indy yeah, and then uh, is ripped off himself by the the oh, well, literally by the spirit. <laughs> but yeah, that that entire buildup where we are first introduced to the character of Indiana Jones, I think, resonates with me more so than any other uh, scene in that movie in yeah. a in a movie full of great scenes. So um, that would probably be my favorite, and and I I have gone back and forth 
with this movie my entire life between mm-hmm. a nine and a half or ten. If there was one movie that I would give a ten out of ten, it would be this one. Yeah. But those are for per, this movie is really close to me. I've mm-hmm. I've I've written papers on this. Like for college, <laughs> I wrote like I wrote a college hey, essay on this paper. Talk about what you know, and if um, you know Indiana Jones. There's yeah. plenty in there. So, like, <laughs> so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give Raiders a, a nine and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Has there has there been any, just to slowly uh, before we get into Temple of Doom has there been anything you've given a ten out of ten? I don't think so. No, I don't think I've ever given anything a ten out. Like I, Dang. there's <laughs> always going to be something to complain about. I think like that's th- fair. I, I've never given anything like a straight up ten out of ten. Like I've got nine point nine, but like I, I haven't you know all the right. way there. Like a hundred percent of everything works for it. Me. it it's it's almost a, a fear of there's no going back. If yeah. I give if I give something a ten out of ten, I'm gonna look like a fraud if I <laughs> if I take it back. If I'm like well no. Like ten out of ten is is a definitive yeah. statement that lives on forever, in my opinion. So yeah. if there was one, that that's why I like throwing it around. If Raiders. there was a ten out of ten to be given, yeah. Raiders would be up there for me. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move into Temple of Doom. Luke, what did you what you like about this movie? Temple of Doom. Wow. Is you? We have to address <laughs> first of all. It's it's vastly different in certain respects. I think. Oh, it's, it's way more unserious. Really? A little bit. Like, at least when, from my perspective as a viewer, I look at the narrative and like, well, not even the narrative. I look at the plot and see what's happening. And it's nothing to do with the organization of the plot, but it's all like so much more out there than Raiders is. Like, this feels so much more in tune with mythos than Raiders was. Wow. Like, I, I just feel like there's so much more fantastical going more, on. So you yeah. feel like there there's a little bit more... Um, uh, deviant or divergence from a uh, reality yeah a little, little bit more magic 100 <laughs> percent. yeah I, I i think that i i look at temple of doom mm. as a response to raiders from steven spielberg and george lucas mm. okay. in an attempt to go somewhere different with indy and his his stories mm. that's a fair point yeah so and this is according to steven spielberg yeah. they attempted to go in a actually actually a darker direction I with think they Temple of Doom, that. Uh, me personally, I think they achieved that. Certainly, at times, they it does feel like they they really went all in on trying to make this a lot more gruesome, yeah. a lot more, a lot you know, people dealing with death and sacrifice yeah. a lot more than they did uh, in Raiders. So I will give them that. To, and mm-hmm. That was accomplished in some regards. A lot more torture elements in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, with them trying to make it a darker standalone movie, and it, it actually is a prequel mm-hmm. to Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that there are certain elements of that made Raiders so great uh, that we just don't get with Temple of Doom. Main, my my main issue is is we deviate from Indy being both an adventurer and an academic, yeah, an archaeologist. Definitely, there there is no foundation. You know, we are we are given this foundation for Indy's character in Raiders mm-hmm. that he cares so much about preserving. These antiquities preserving belongs history. Yes, it yeah. belongs in a museum, as he says to, to Marcus Brody. He says to Belloc. He says yeah. it over and over again. This one, and he's kind of just thrown into these situations, already out on the move, um, and and really kind of cascades from there. I, yeah, that I get what they were trying to do in in making this a darker toned movie. Yeah, but they also strayed away from I think elements that made Raiders good yeah. um, in that regard. Definitely fair to say. I, I, I definitely agree. They strayed a little bit away from, well, not a little bit away. They strayed completely away almost from, you know, that mix of his two lives. Because in this one, what he goes on an adventure, not for adventure's sake, but 
He goes on like a mission, pretty much. Like it's, it's not even—it's not even a mission. It's yeah. like a series of unfortunate events lands him in India, and then oh, yeah. all you know, all of a sudden there's this village, and they are are impoverished, and they are being kidnapped, and they are yeah. being put to work in this mine by this uh, cult figure. Yeah, and how we get um, there? I mean. He starts in. Oh, where is he? Is he in China or? Is he's he, in China. He's in China. Yeah. He's in. Like he, he's in Beijing or Hong. He's in, he's somewhere in China. That's yeah. where. That's where we start out. And that's like even that. I like I. I don't know. I could be wrong, but like I feel like I'm failing on remembering what the premise is. To like I don't feel like it was for a let's get this item into a museum kind of. Oh thing. no no no! He, he was he was chased into a plane with mm. Short Round and Willie, and they end up crashing over India <laughs> in the raft. A bunch of crazy which. A couple of these scenes, the scenes in China and yeah. the raft falling out of the plane, those were scenes that were supposed to be in Raiders. Like this was a, really? a gigantic, so gigantic like also served as an overflow screenplay that kind of just got dumped into into Temple of Doom, which is yeah. why, which is why um, the first half of Temple of Doom is so much different than the back half. Yep. The back half really <laughs> takes a turn for uh, a takes darker its own turn life, yeah. <laughs> compared to the first half, um, and that's because Man. they were trying to fit in a lot of these concepts that they wanted that they came up with for Raiders. Um, but yeah, couple couple of bright spots here. Mm. Um, Kiwi Kwan, short round, yeah. really really good addition to the cast. Fantastic. I, I I wish we'd have seen him again at some point in the series. Yeah, I still hope we do at some point in the series, <laughs> even though it's over. Per- perfectly fit in as as Indy's sidekick. I think it was perfect for the for the time too with uh, the uh, you know other movies that were coming out in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Um. This this idea of childlike innocence being brought into a world that is much darker than than what they know. Yeah. Um. I I really really enjoyed seeing Short Round here. I also love how like versed Short Round is in this life already though. <laughs> like like. Uh, Indy just like falls out of a, a, a penthouse and then he falls into the car that Short Round's driving as this, you know, what, seven, eight year old? Something like and that. He, he's like, he's like, go, go. And he just like, floors it there and then they're getting shot at. And like, it, it, Short all, Round doesn't care. Like, yeah. He's just like, what now, Dr. Jones? I'm like, oh my God. Like, this kid's just, he's Indy, but tiny. Like, that's no, they, it. they do a great job of. of imp- implying and really introducing us to short yeah. round and what he's about before we we don't we don't need additional backstory on the short round to know that Not he's seen some shit he's yeah. he's been in the trenches with yeah. indy on multiple occasions he knows the deal he knows that we need to get out of there oh, yeah. um and it's you know part of the frustrating thing about this movie is that you you do a, such a great job establishing short round as this uh do, you know can can do it all uh very well versed in yeah. what indie's uh, indie's all about, really and you yeah. compare him to Willie Scott on the other side of things, <laughs> that is just not not even um, the opposite of short round yeah. in indie. No. Um, Willie Scott's a character caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean to be completely honest, it is uncomfortable at times how just stereotypical stereotypical the yeah. writing for Willie is yeah. the acting it's really uh, is that, that was one of my negatives for the movie yeah. I, I hate how she's utilized yeah like she's just which is not at all like she's well that's not true she's utilized but not purposefully like she's utilized as this 
I don't even know how to say it. Just it, you know, you're just using no, her she's, as she, a female character. She, and that's literally her whole identity that they make her to be. Is she is written as this dumb, character. scared blonde that's at yeah. times, a lot of the times, an inconvenience yeah. to, to Indy. More you often can, than not. More yeah. often than not, she is an inconvenience to Indy. Yeah. Um, and, and that was another thing where they completely strayed away from mm-hmm. um, Miriam in the first movie. Who yeah. it can? Miriam's intelligent, independent. She you know, she she's... balances Indy out perfectly, and yeah. often gets him out of situations that Indy would not have gotten out of um, had he been on his own. Like there yeah. there is a actual purpose to Miriam being there, whereas Willie Scott, mm. um, she is there for comedic purposes only, yeah, and she's, a she's damsel in distress, and that's it, and a, a hindrance at times, which I thought was a weird a weird step to take. Consider, yeah, yeah, considering uh, um, where they went with Mary, I thought we were going to get even more of a empowering female role in in as we continue yeah. to build the series, and they kind of just evolve. A little um, rough, a little rough around that. Little edge rough, for and sure. yeah. So the portrayal of Willie Scott, the writing for Willie Scott, yeah, um, definitely definitely a low point, I think, in this series, <laughs> one of many. Um, and then the portrayal, of, sort of like we talked about with the Egypt, native peoples, yeah. yeah, they they just don't they continue. Steven Spielberg continues to not get um, an accurate what an accurate portrayal of these foreign yeah. countries look like. Um, Egypt and the and Raiders, and then you look here with India and, and some of the the again like Willie Scott was uncomfortable at times just how yeah um, dumb she was. Um, there are uncomfortable scenes where it's clear I don't know who they're consulting with this movie, but cl- like there there are some discrepancies with what Indian culture actually looks like. And what they are serving up. Of course, up. yeah, yeah. I mean, the the dinner scene alone yeah. is is a tough watch. Tough watch it on. It is. I mean, what do they eat? They brains eat uh, monkey some... brains. Monkey brains. They is... they slice open a snake, Ugh. and tinier uh, living snakes come out. There there are like some Gross. weird weird. Yeah, foods. they they definitely make it really really kind of you're right in saying that it's hard to watch sometimes yeah. same, same as Willie Scott um, is there anything else that was kind of a, a low point for you in this movie um, again I think uh, especially compared to Raiders mm-hmm. um, kind of as an ant- antagonist problem mm-hmm. a lot of the movie I think we're, we're revolving around who who are we supposed to be up against you know, you know that's true. There's no central like um, this is the bad guy. Mo, Mo like, Laram eventually yeah. kind of establishes it. himself as mm-hmm. being being Indy's uh, equal on the other side, um, but it it definitely Quote takes <laughs> it takes a while for him to get there, and then we actually don't see that much. It, it's it's we are introduced to him. Mm-hmm. He goes through his his sacrificial rituals, yeah. um, and then we really don't see him again until they are escaping from the mines yeah. and and on the bridge. Um, definitely a couple times like get him like that's we really we really don't get to see uh, his motivations his Mm. philosophy on things compared to Belloc who multiple times throughout Raiders um, we we see Indy and him have actual enlightening conversations about what they think of the state of archaeology and state of the world um, and what their motivations are so Temple of Doom has an antagonist problem it also has a a Woman problem with the way that they portray women. Um, <laughs> just a, a lot of problems in, in trying to be different from Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question this time. What was your favorite scene at a Temple of Doom? Favorite scene in Temple of Doom? I have to say, this, and this was a really good one, um, the scene where it cuts back and forth between Indy fighting in his room and Willie fighting in her room. 
Um, oh. I, re- I really like the, the assassination attempts. Mm-hmm. I uh, like the use of shadows in yes. those scenes for sure. Yep. Like so so the, the duality of both of them in trouble at the same time in those fight scenes yeah. um, really stands out to me. What about you? Man, uh, I gotta be honest, it's probably uh, the, the typical answer, which um, one, the moment that I think I like the most is when uh, Indy cuts the rope bridge. I think that mm-hmm. that moment is a really cool set piece to watch happen. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm looking at a whole scene, like a whole sequence, I really like the minecart stuff. Okay. Minecart stuff is really fun for me because yeah. I, I, I just remember playing uh, the Lego game <laughs> <laughs> being in the minecart. There you go. That's what I enjoy the most, that's for sure. So I, I, I gave Temple of Doom a, uh, a five and a half. Out of ten? It's a five and a half out of ten for me. Yeah. I give it more. <laughs> you give it more? Yeah. Because, yeah. well, uh, like on my first watch, um, I gave it a similar score in that – you know, I know that, um, especially based on like the the cultural blinders that I don't have on, that you know, uh, Spielberg in the '80s did have on. Mm-hmm. Like I can obviously see it's very uh, controversial and problematic. But you know, aside from that, like if I was trying to put myself in that you know '80s mind frame of like this is what I'm perceiving at the time, and this is probably the best information I have at the time, like. I still had trouble enjoying it, so at that, at that point, I gave it a similar score. Yeah. Um, but you know, after we had we had recently rewatched this, like yeah. uh, I don't remember how long ago, but like a month or two ago, um, that we rewatched this, and um, I, I had so much more fun uh, <laughs> watching it with uh, you, Ben, and AJ, because uh, it like it, it felt more campy to me mm-hmm. than it did like genuinely not very good and disorganized and uneven like it just felt like everything was intentional because we were just making fun of everything so, <laughs> uh, i ended up giving it a 7.5 okay I, I actually do like this movie quite a lot wow um, i'm excited to see what you what you <laughs> how you rank the the rest of the movies for sure oh, well <laughs> um last crusade Okay. So it sounds like we're we're getting to. Uh... I love the Last Crusade. Okay. Dude. I love the Last Crusade. Um, right. Yeah, you want to start off? Yeah, my only negative for this movie are uh, the Nazis. Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just tired of seeing Nazis. Really? As, okay. No, don't perceive this different. Like I'm not tired of seeing Nazis portrayed as villains because they are villains. But like, I'm tired of Nazi being that filler villain. Like, okay. stop giving them a platform to be recognized. Man. Okay. Like, we get it. Nazis are evil. We know that. Like, I don't need them to be the villain and everything. But that said, at the time and for this franchise, well placed. Nazis are uh, a good choice for uh, like time period villains mm-hmm. for for that movie. Yeah. Um, but man, I love everything else. I, I love the uh, the blimp scene. I, I love the tank scene. Um, I love this hunt for the Holy Grail, the drinking from the right chalice, this whole like father-son dynamic going on the yeah. whole time. I absolutely love Sean Connery as Henry Jones. Perfect, honestly. And uh, I think my, my last like really big positive for the film was I really love this opening that we get with Indy as a kid instead. Yes. Because up until this moment, we don't really see Indiana as vulnerable at any point and like him as a kid is definition of being vulnerable he's a kid and then these adult bandits come through um i i just love that whole opening sequence the whole train sequence it ties him and henry together so 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 well what what yeah. what, what, do, what do you like about this movie so if if raiders if raiders of lost ark is the greatest of yeah. all time in this franchise 
So it's if Raiders is the Michael Jordan, yeah. this is Michael Jordan's return after he steps away from basketball for a couple of years. And yeah. he comes back and he three-peats again. 100%. Uh, last, last Crusade, in my opinion, is a gigantic return to what made Raiders so great. Those, those stories being rooted in archaeology, the pursuit for history. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, it is... Uh, it is doubled because we get double the Joneses, right? We we, yeah. we get this huge, awesome father son dynamic, um, and we get to see where Sean. where Indy's frustrations, where his passion for this stuff yeah. comes from, and yeah. it, it is in Sean Connery's performance as Henry Jones Sr. Absolutely. Um, and again, I I I love how they go back to to rooting everything in archaeology, giving him. In, in Walter Donovan, the the um, antagonist of this this movie, they give him a sort of uh, equal, you know, in terms of knowledge, but they just go about things in a completely different way. Yeah, um, I, I like how they um, they tie that, and that's really you're right in saying that's what was missing from Temple of Doom because mm-hmm. you know in this movie they they take you know Nazis as this uh, antagonist, they take. Their ideology, and they tie it to this this real world goal to find the Holy Grail. Yes, like that is what makes this much more interesting. They 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 went back to the formula. Yeah. They went back to the formula. Yeah. Um. And in some cases, they they actually did a better job than yeah. the. I think I think Last Crusade by far out of the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. I think that they have the best action scenes. You think so? I mean, from yeah, from I, I from beginning yeah. to end, the 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 boat se- the boat chases in Venice. Mm-hmm. To the the scenes in the castle, the escape from the castle, the, the castle. motorcycle sequence. The castle's really cool. I lo- yeah, I love the castle. Yeah. Every, every every set piece in this movie is is so great, yeah. so great. Um, and so yeah, I I um gave Last Crusade an eight out eight and a half out of ten. I still think Raiders is, is better. Yeah. Um, but Last Crusade, and I, I will touch one of my favorites is Steven Spielberg and company leaning into the Nazi hate. No matter, I yeah. think it's perfect for the perfect for the time, and yeah. it'll that actually age pretty well too. Yeah. When in doubt, just throw Nazis in as the bad guy. 100%. It's it's never gonna be a bad idea. Yes, I want to underline. I am not saying Nazis are not villains. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it's exhaustive sometimes. I want to see more creative stuff, but like you know, they are always a dependable filler for a villain. Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely, um, and and I, I like them leaning back into that. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, what's uh, what ended up being your your favorite scene out of this movie? Favorite scene from this movie? Yeah. It's gonna be a tie. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a tie. So on one hand, I love the conversation between Indy and his dad in the castle, back to back, tying up yeah. about life in general, and good. them arguing back and forth. Yeah. Really, any scene with Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, they do such a fantastic job together. They do they nail the dynamic like of establishing so that dynamic? Well. That is great. And then of course the. Um, the scene at the end. Um, Let it go. Let it go, Indiana. Like, I, I, is that what he says? When it's like the chalice is down in the, the chasm? Oh, oh, oh. so so rewind a little bit. different? I'm talking about the choosing of the chalices. Oh, okay. The no, badass no, no, no. line from yeah. the Crusader. He chose poorly. So good. <laughs> that, 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 that is probably one of the most suspenseful scenes. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in Raiders... There's not a whole lot of built-up suspense. Indy's tied up. It's not like he's mm. going anywhere or doing anything. Yeah. Um, and we are just subject to what the arc has to offer. Yeah. Um, whereas this, Indy has a clear choice that he has to make yeah. um, in terms of the, the chalice. And he just saw what happened to, to Donovan when 
he chose poorly. So it's a tough look. That was a really good scene. <laughs> um, but then also uh, just the exchange with Sala uh, and uh, Henry Henry Jones uh, yeah. Senior, yeah. Uh, where Sala says realizes that Indy was named after the dog. He, you know, Indy's like, I prefer Indiana. It's like, we named the dog Indiana. And Sala goes, you named after the dog? Like, that's that's one of my favorite scenes in the yeah. movie, for sure. Um, I, I do um, especially like that. You're, you're right in that saying that, like, you know, I think in a lot of ways they went back to that formula, but then they improved upon it and saying that, like, you know, now it's, it is just not Indy tied up and he's just waiting for something to happen. Like, it's Indy trying to save his dad because his at this point his dad shot and he has to pick the right chalice to save him so like that being a time constraint really puts it on and makes it so much more suspenseful and then obviously yeah um rolling into like that my favorite scene which was what i had mentioned that um when you know uh henry senior is holding him over the edge and he's trying to reach for the chalice and he's just like let it go yeah it's it's not important just let it go like i i love that 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 realization that you know him surviving and them being together is so much more important than the holy fucking grail. Yeah, um, I, I do think that just like stays so true to what the the movie tells us it's about. Yeah, I love love love. No, that. yeah, it's a, it's a powerful statement in that like a lot of Indy's inner frustrations, his his self doubts and his struggles as he has grown up, you know, and you see that in all his relationships with women yeah. and his dad, um, that kind of finally begins to turn. If his dad, the one who's been obsessed with his work for all these years, mm. uh, can finally let it go and he's telling you to let it go, that should tell you some things are bigger than, <laughs> it's funny, some things are bigger than the Holy Grail. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, Last yeah. Crusade, awesome, awesome return. Brilliant, 8.8. Okay. That's what it it landed on. I I love, love, love this movie. Yeah. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Wow. What a what a trip from two thousand and eight. Is is this not the most like two thousand eight movie ever? Absolutely. Uh, So (laughs) so perfect for its time and and what uh, every other movie tried to be. Yeah. If nothing else, we got Shia LaBeouf. We got Shia. We got Shia LaBeouf and Indiana Jones. That is the most two thousand eight statement. I gotta say, I uh, I don't hate. Shia I don't hate him either in this movie. I like, I don't hate him either. I like Mutt's character. Like, I like them throwing in a wrench, finding out the con- the consequences of Indy as a parent. Yeah. We, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal School. If nothing else, is so accurate. Consequences is so right. We we see so many times in the first three movies, Indiana Jones does not have a good relationship with women. He barely has a, you know, the the only relationship with children that we see him have is short round. It's a very like transactional partnership. Not only that, where it's very adult too. It's like it's a very adult relationship. Short round in in your mind, if you if I describe what short round does in this movie, you picture an adult. Yeah, like you could easily <laughs> swap it out, and and you'd get you know yeah get a lot of the same same things. Yeah. But anyway, I I like how, you know. Carefully, we have we've observed Indy be this kind of shithead at times over yeah. these three movies, and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull poses the great question: Okay, let's throw a kid in the mix. What <laughs> happens if we leave this guy who is so obsessed with his work mm-hmm. and obsessed with old old artifacts and obsessed yeah. with history? What if we make him have a a uh, a responsibility in re- in real time in real life? To raise this kid, what would happen? And yeah. we see that with Mutt. Um, yeah. We see that come to fruition. It doesn't turn out well. Like yeah. Mutt is very much 
he's on his own. Not adjusted well. Um, yeah, yeah. And I do like the it's something I hadn't thought about before. You know, we started recording was like I I do like the the chronological move into like him reconciling with his father. Oh yeah. And now we look at him as a father. So like I I do like how think... the movie paints those two different situations as really entirely different. Learning to be a son and learning to be a father are their own thing and I, I love the both the in universe and, you know, real world chronological continuation of that yeah. conversation that's yeah a, that's really they're, they're very much their, their own separate things raise you know growing up a son and, and growing up a dad yeah. um but at the same time you because these two movies are back to back you see how they're intertwined you see how the struggles with indy and his dad yeah. have now cascaded into this struggle between him and his son who he barely even know you know yeah. barely knows at <laughs> all um and you could you know after the fact you could point to Last Crusade and said, "Yep, I could have totally seen that coming." Yeah. Like in very much so, Indy and Mutt, um, or Mutt especially, is everything that was bad—not bad about Indy, but he's very much his son. I, that's the best way I, I would describe it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. Very much, we can tell that he's Indy's son in in a lot of the ways that we could tell that Indy was uh, Henry Senior's son. Yeah. Um, what are some of the the highlights for you? What yeah. Do you like about so, this movie. So a couple a couple of good things about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. Um, by far, I think the biggest the biggest gap between movies. So if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Last Crusade. Um, Last Crusade was eighty. I think. Last Crusade uh, was 1989. 89. 89. 1989. Oh my bad. I'm gonna say Raiders. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, Raiders was 80, uh, Temple of Doom 81. was 81, and then, yeah, 89. Raiders then... was 81, Temple of Doom was 82, I believe, and then eight, uh, Temple of Doom was 84. 84. Raiders was 81. Wow. Last Crusade was 89, and then we jump all the way to 2008. Two decades so there's almost. So there's a gigantic jump. The biggest jump that we've had between uh, different uh, pieces in this series. Goddamn. Um, so it was a bit, it was a bit rusty. It was you could, a, you could tell. Absolutely, you can you tell. Can, you can definitely tell. <laughs> there were just a lot of things that have changed yeah. since Last Crusade, both um, in the time jump that we have from uh, you know World War II to uh, the uh, the Cold War, yeah. And also, there have been a ton of changes in cinema. Yeah, we ha- we have to remember the gigantic jump that we took at the start of this century, just in terms of directing and. CGI, yeah. CGI was unheard of back in 1989. And I feel it's like very much prevalent. Like, and now this 2008, is... this is trans fucking formers. Like, yeah, like we're getting is, we're getting Michael. Iron Man came out. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, so it's Only it's age. a very different world that we live in, and you kind of see it with this movie in the way that they they do this. I mean, yeah, yeah. That and that's one of the problems I think I have with this movie a lot is they they leaned a little too. Part of what makes Raiders great, what makes Last Crusade, is how much they rely on practical effects. Yeah. Um, 100%. Compared compared to this movie, where at the end you get this gigantic alien mix. flying saucer yeah. flying out of the the Mayan temples, and I do um, think that's why it was so poorly received. To be honest, like, it's ju- it's just yeah. a very very clunky sort of awkward transition yeah. from from what we know Indiana Jones to be with this very like again drama right. film noir yeah. practical effect mm-hmm. style of adventure movie, and then trying to transition into a world that it really has not seen when it comes to movies in in 2008 um yeah by that like we we even we get uh a steven spielberg that's way different too oh absolutely i mean shoot 
so much more in the time that we get. Like he's done Jurassic Park at this point. He's like, he's done Jurassic Park. Yeah, he <laughs> has done um, Schindler's List. He has he has he's done almost re- if you can like he has almost reinvented himself multiple times in. Yeah. In the span that it, it, it has taken us yeah. to get back to Indiana Jones, so his perspective on film has changed, mm-hmm. and what he wants to accomplish. Um, and again, sometimes it's not about it's not about what you as a director. It's not about what you feel is best um, for the movie. But sometimes there are external pressures. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on Steven Spielberg and company to make a movie that will still make money. It being a legacy sequel. As yes, well. yeah. exactly. So, so I think that that plays into the the. Um, the action, the the action that we get in this movie, yeah. um, clearly they they had to sell. They, they had to sell. An inorganic feel to it. A little Very bit inorganic too. feel yeah. to it. Trying to come back after this long a time and this big a change. Um, with that being said, there are still redeeming qualities. The mutt and yeah. indie relationship I thought was great. Um, I I really like the return to South America. I thought that was a cool. I do like that. Yeah. You know, in terms of the the places that we've been to with indie. Um, we haven't been to South America since um, the very opening first scene. the opening scene yeah. of Raiders, and so I thought delving back into that uh, land, that sort of territory was was really cool to see. I enjoyed um, them being kind of fish out of water in this gigantic jungle. Yeah, um, I like to move away from Christian icon- iconography as well. I, yeah. I do enjoy that a lot. Yeah, like, exactly. No, searching I, for Mayan or Aztec, I can't remember which in, one it was, but. Yeah, in the in the same way that the return to it was great for uh, for uh, Last Crusade and going yeah. back to the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. um, the pivot away from it I think was much much needed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those were a couple of things that I, I also like the continuity, changing it up and, sure. and going we're into the Cold War now. That's cool to see. I like seeing that their their interpretation like that, of yeah. <laughs> of everything there. Um, that being said, one of the low points, one more low point, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, she's on my low point too. Did I not like bad. her. Did not. Kate Blanchett said that she looked at a 1950s yearbook to pick out the hair hairstyle mm, that she went for in this movie. Uh, you could tell the bob. The bob is uh, not working for Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was not impressed so by her sorry, performance Kate. there. Just really didn't didn't grab a hold of me. And and really, that's the story of the whole franchise, right? They really seem to have a tough time with villains. They do. They do. Um, and making them endearing. Honestly, I would even extend that to to. A lot of like adventure film, like I think it's oftentimes difficult yeah. to come on, come by a, a really good villain, it, even when like to see performance and writing kind of come to a, a mutual crux. Like I, I think that's really difficult and pretty rare, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, she's on my negative <laughs> for sure. Uh, Shia was my positive. Um, obviously, Indy always a positive. Uh, I do like the the kind of. Um, the plot organization of like the mystery that they have to eventually yeah. solve. I, I like that a lot. Uh, but aliens, uh, let's talk about aliens. I, <laughs> I don't know. The how, aliens at the <sighs> I don't know how I feel about aliens uh, in the context of Indiana Jones because I do like that you know there's this scientific mythical vibe to it, but that's it. Aliens are material, and I'm so used to indie going after something that immaterial is material but immaterial as well and this feels like a change of pace that i i didn't vibe with that much that it's like an alien ship that's you know up and away at the end i'm like i i just you know this search for the immaterial didn't really come to a fruition for me yeah there was no fantastical force that could not be explained like aliens 
are scientific. Like, they're, they're, so even though we really yeah. didn't have a clue about what these aliens were about, obviously we know that you know there there is an an ancient race of aliens mm-hmm. that holds all knowledge in the universe, right? Yeah. That's what we're led to believe. Yeah. They're trying to return this crystal skull to the temple of these this ancient race so that um, someone can be crowned, you know, knower of all things yeah. um, and, and gain all the knowledge that the aliens have for us. So even though we don't know a whole lot about them, that that was not enough of a bridge for you to the immaterial not really, To no. do it for you. Um, okay. Cause it will, and that may be just based on my perception. So that might just yep. be a me thing. Because when I, when I think of aliens, I think of something scientific. I don't think of something mythical. Okay. And even though they do spend a lot of time, you know, especially through the eyes of, you know, his, history in, in universe that, you know, the aliens were kind of seen as godlike figures. Yeah. You know, I, that still doesn't connect as much for me. Um, just because of how I perceive aliens in general. So if you if you replaced the aliens with, say, like some South American mythology, some mm. some like, like godlike figure, godlike figures, would that have done it for you? Is it just the alien thing? I don't know. Maybe it is kind of just the alien thing for yeah. me. Because yeah, if I imagine like a, even if like a, a dude in like a, a ritual costume or something that you know yeah, they, yeah, would, yeah. they would portray as a god of the culture, like it that lands better for me. Okay. Um, I think it also couples with the the saucer flying away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That no, that, kinda, that's, that is a bad scene. That, that is a bad... That tosses me a little that bit. Is, they, they blew the CGI budget on that. Yeah, and, I think I things. much would have preferred an ancient mythical figure from the the mythology of the... Um, is it is it Incan? Is it I think it's Mayan. I think it's Mayan. I, I, I gotta say it's either Mayan sure or Aztec. Mayan. I'm just throwing shit out there, though. Yeah, I, I'm just guessing. But, you know, it's like, I, I think if I imagine that, and then the temple just, like, kind of crumbling in on itself, that's much more in tune to what... You're more at peace with Jones. that. Yeah, want much more than an alien saucer getting up and flying away, destroying the entire landscape. That seems like a lot to me. Um, you got anything else you want to say about Kingdom of You you got a favorite scene from this movie? I do, and and you know what? Probably my favorite scene. Well, I won't say my favorite scene of, of all Indiana Jones movies, but one of the best action scenes. I love the giant ant scene yeah, when the they are making their way sick. when they are making their way across South America yes. on the chase, and we get that fisticuffs between uh, Indy and. Um, Colonel Spal, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the name of the about, yeah. the second in command to yeah, yeah, to yeah. Kate Blanchett's character. Yeah. Um, I love that, and I love how gruesome that death was with the ants just crawling inside his face. That's one of my favorite action se- yeah. sequences in the entire series. So that would be my favorite takeaway, my favorite scene from this movie. Probably the best death, honestly. Yes, uh, out of the yes. series by far. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, um, my favorite scene. I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to. To think about a scene in this movie that I really would point out and be like, this was my favorite. Like, I really enjoyed this scene. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll go with really anything that uh, Mutt and Indy have where they're, like, actually talking to each other. Okay. Um, that, I think, Harrison Ford and Shia LaBeouf, all those moments landed well because of those performances and the chemistry that they had together. Yeah. For sure. Um yeah, that's kind of all I got for King of the Crystal Skull. It's it's a decent movie. I'm not complaining. Um, it, it's it's better than Temple of Doom in my opinion. I I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> I give it a six and a half. 
I, I gave it a, a 7.6. So okay. it just barely kind of edges out um, Temple of Doom after my most recent watch. So as, as we stand right now heading into the final one, your, yeah. your rankings are? Uh, my rankings right now are uh, Last Crusade, Raiders, Crystal Skull, and Temple going into this this last one. Okay. we I, I have Raiders and Last Crusade flip-flop, but Temple mm-hmm. of Doom, Crystal Skull, Last Crusade, Raiders from yeah. worst to last. Yeah, we're pretty close. Or from honestly. worst to first. I feel so validated by that, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 again, I knew there there's a top tier. Yeah. There's a lot of gray area in the middle, and then you can debate the bottom bottom few. But it's the bottom. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Dial of Destiny. All right. Um, Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we've talked briefly about this, you know, it, it coming out this past year, but um, I don't think we've ever gone super in-depth. What... what did you like and what did you dislike about Dial of Destiny? Man. Start um, with the like. Well, let, let, let's start with the like. Um, for one, I really liked Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Me too. I, I really, I really liked her take on this idea of a new Indiana Jones character. A, yeah. a young and spry and a lot of times more conniving than Indy ever was. She, she is 100%. far lighter on her feet and smarter, I think, yeah. in difficult situations um in um confrontational situations i think than indy ever was indy a lot of times Agreed. brute brute force was was his his way out of things yeah. and almost um, sometimes like almost sometimes fumbling because like he's I know, oh like, absolutely because like, he's like out of his element he's like yeah he's an adventurer but dude is a college professor like he's a bumbling like adventurer that's gonna use brute force like that you know the, right the nerd comes out sometimes where he's not the most coordinated person when he's when he's trying to do no, everything like all. that so so phoebe phoebe waller bridge i love their their spin yeah she she is a woman living in very much a man's world when yep. we see her in i think i think this is 1969 it's the it's the turn uh, it's, it's the turn of the yeah, decade i think yeah it's it's whenever um i can't even remember the specific year but it was uh they're about to, or they just got back from the space launch, like the first time they did a manned mission. So to space. yeah, nineteen sixty nine is when yeah. we when we take off. So okay. um, she's very yeah, again very much a woman living in a man's world, and yeah. you can clearly see how her character has been hardened by this and adapted to the world around her, and still been able to to make a make a way for herself to to I'm pave a way. And so yeah. um, I I really really liked what she brought to the table for this, especially considering. Um, Harrison Ford being way older now, yeah. clearly not able to carry a film by himself. No, uh, no. They, in this they situation. definitely made a right choice. So she, she clearly, I think, was the, the heart and soul of this movie. No. Um, the way that her perspective on history changes yeah. throughout the movie, I love seeing. And it, Going even, from someone, yeah. Even if you look at the end, sorry, I interrupt you, but okay. <laughs> even if you look at the end, like, Seeing it as her movie rather than Indiana's, it, it makes it so much uh, better of a watch. It's a different opinion. movie. Yeah, I think it's a different movie. If you're if you're if you're not dragging along, moping around that Harrison Ford is old, Indy's old in this movie, yeah. and viewing it from his perspective, whereas there is this young, bright, intelligent mm-hmm. girl who has been dealt a, a kind of a crummy hand at life. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and see it from her perspective on learning about the world and learning about. Um, Indie's world that he is is bringing into the equation, and in that uh, way too, you get this subversion of expectation she always does. But you know, you get it from now your perceived main character, which isn't yep. usually a thing. Yeah. So I, I that was the main takeaway from from for me from Dial of Destiny was um, how they were able to take a situation where clearly 
Indy's on his last legs. Yeah. There's no denying that. Um, the way that they are able to spin that into still coming up with a a, a coherent movie, I thought was was very impressive. Hundred percent. What uh, what else do you like about it? Um, Is that your list? I, I don't blame you if this is the start and end with <laughs> no, Stevie Waller Bridge. No, we're we're gonna round this out with again going back to the Nazis. Never a bad idea. Never a bad idea. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. You, totally when in when in doubt. And, and this time they spin it because not only are we supposed to hate the Nazis, yeah. but the guy, the, the villain that we get from Mods Mickelson, he hates, he hates the, Nazis. the Nazis. He thinks the Nazis are dumbasses. So we, we have internal Nazi hating. Yeah. Um, no, but, it, but in all seriousness, I, I, thought, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny and also <laughs> smart for them to lean so heavily. Like yeah. they, they have gone all in on Nazis at this point. This is this is the crux of uh, this is the bane of yeah. uh, Indy's existence is trying to stop these motherfuckers for and the third says, time. He says it like a billion times too. He's like, like, damn, Nazis. damn Nazis! Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So so good. So uh, that was an you know halfway joking. Yeah. At this point, it's kind of redundant having the Nazis brought back up. But again. It will never be a bad idea. No. You'll never hear me complain about no, it no. because I can't really complain about it. I can't well, say well, you'll hear me complain about it, but like not because Nazis are being demonized, not at all. Please do that. I was in, I was in the theater and someone said someone was complaining that the Nazis didn't have a fair shot. Like when when are the Nazis gonna shot. win? When are we gonna see the Nazis get one back on Indy, huh? Yo, when are the Nazis gonna win? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, what's uh, what didn't work for you in this movie? What didn't work? Them yes, trying. Right. Sorry, I, I just gotta say real quick, like all of your positives were all of my positives. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We covered all mine, but uh, yeah, yeah what, what didn't work? Um, couple couple of, of lows, I think they weren't quite able to capture that same short round magic that they had with um. I think his name was Toby. Yeah, fuck Toby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so one of my negatives. His little, yeah. his, her little sidekick. Yeah. Little shit. I hated him. See, like, like, he was so pointless. Like so yeah. annoying. I no, did not the, like his he character. was. Toby was thrown in there to, to <laughs> recapture that short round magic that they had. That was one of the only positives from Temple of Doom, I thought. Yeah. Um, and they weren't they weren't yeah. quite able to do it. It, it did like not have the same charm. The at same. At the very least, if if Dial of Destiny is not good, we have a short round yeah. parallel. So that was that was uh, pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then CGI Indy. Yeah, CGI CGI really Indy was bad. Listen, that was a, jarring to watch yeah, to, to start a, this movie. It's a risk. To you know, have your entire opening sequence that yeah. lasts, mind you, for like ten minutes. Your main character is all CGI in the face. Like, that's a risk you're taking, Disney, for sure. But especially when they didn't even try to match the voice. Like they no. they used old Harrison Ford. They did for the voice. It was yeah. so jarring. It was so noticeable yeah. that I I couldn't you know, and that sucks with your opening scene. I feel like I can't take this movie seriously from there on out. Yeah. When when you start out with something like that that yeah. doesn't work. It's so. like it's like the CGI indie took me out and then Phoebe Waller Bridge brought me back in. Like it, she reinvested yeah. that, me. That's what that's what I'm saying about Phoebe, Phoebe Waller Bridge is she, you know, they somehow do a good job to rope yeah. me back in and make this a somewhat digestible movie yeah. despite what it had going against it. 100%. Um so yeah, CGI indie and then one final thing I I, I guess um, towards the end Kind of got too big of a scale for my liking. Them going back mm. in time to you didn't the like that part. I no. just thought it was. A, I just thought it was a bit much. I mm. think that I, I am fine with Indy dealing with the the ramifications of the mythological in the within in within his world. Ah. But it was kind of weird, kind of jarring. Didn't 
didn't really hit home with me them going back in time. I guess it did what the aliens did to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. Okay. I gotta say, like, your aliens uh, are my uh, ancient Greece. <laughs> your ancient Aristotle. Greece. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I definitely. Uh, it was a little bit jarring, and I, I definitely put this kind of neck and neck when I was picking, um, you know, something that you know might be really out there for Indiana Jones as a franchise. Uh, was definitely traveling back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just so uh, blinded by the historical like fervor of it. Like I love that Indy got to go back. He he met the boy. Like is, it, <laughs> is Aristotle or is it Archimedes? I can't remember. Archimedes. Archimedes. My bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When he goes back and sees Archimedes, I love that whole interaction. Yeah. He's like so like fuck. Like he looks like he looks like if. If I met Oscar Isaac or like yeah, yeah, yeah. someone famous that I really idolize, mm-hmm. like if I met Andrew Garfield or something, meet like, your heroes. Yeah, like that. That's that's so 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 crazy to me, and I I think I was definitely blinded by that for sure. Yeah. So I didn't have the the alien experience, the alien phenomena. Um, I I really like the Time Fisher stuff. Like I I really enjoy the Dial of Destiny as this kind of historical artifact mm-hmm. that can literally take you back, back to change time. destiny like that. That's that's super super interesting. To me. I I like the intricacies of why it didn't work. That that whole mm. conflict that they have yeah. in the plane where they re- they realize that they are not going back oh, to 19, yeah, 1944. Right. Yeah, that that is a really engaging. Part that of it. that I think was a, a very cool not subplot but a very cool wrinkle thrown yeah. into things. Yeah. I think if they had gone back to back to Germany and like fought there and that was the end of it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm out on that. A little weird. Yeah. yeah. A little weird, but um, what, last last thing about uh, Dial of Destiny, what did you think of Mods Mickelson? Okay, and where he where <laughs> where he aligns with the rest of the quote unquote uh, antagonist antagonist that we've seen in this series. Um, I think okay, so here's I guess the easiest way for me to do this is do this is like how would I rank the movies if I was just evaluating their their Villains. antagonist? Yeah, um, I think last place is Temple of Doom. I think. Mm. Fourth place would probably be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, ugh. I think I would probably put Mads at three. Three? Yeah. And you and go like Belloc two or Donovan I, 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 two? Belloc first, yeah. Okay. I, I definitely think All he's right. the best antagonist we get over the course of the film. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I, I don't think he did a necessarily bad job. Um, I, I think that any of the complaints that i have um about mads mickelson as a villain is more connected to the the narrative than it is mads performance of the character yeah Uh, mads is a a really fantastic actor you know even when you see him in like stuff like secrets of dumbledore or fantastic he's gonna kill it like he's not bad like he's good um so yeah i i enjoyed mads uh, as an antagonist i think he functioned well although we don't really get a lot of depth to um, you know his drive, his motivation. Like as the story progresses, we get a lot at the start, and then you know it's just assumed he's on the chase too. Yeah. Um. So you know, if maybe we got a little bit more in between, I'd have been happier. But yeah. I'm not disappointed in Mads. You, you got anything else you want to address about Dial of Destiny? I thought it was a, a pretty good send off for Indy. No. That, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. the, the the final thought I would give on Dial of Destiny is. You know what a what a way to go. I I am very as someone that has watched this series from the beginning and watched kind of this fifth film develop. Yeah. It feels weird being twenty three now, 
and and seeing an Indiana Jones movie being Truly. developed. Um, but no, what a, what a way for Harrison Ford to go out. I was really really pleased with how they wrapped up his arc. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll continue to see yeah. if they they bring back the character in some fashion. Yeah, I was gonna say if you yeah. want. Um, I think we've talked enough about what makes a good Indiana Jones movie. Oh, yeah. We touched on it. Let's just roll right into, you know, you know, what kind of movies do you hope to see in the future from the franchise, yeah. if any at all, since we're already talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so full, full transparency, yeah. I because Harrison Ford is so synonymous with the character, yeah. um, I personally would like to see it ended there. Um, I agree. I really would. That, agree. you know, um, there's something to be said the further along or the further along we we develop as as a society with how movies are made what kind of movies are made yeah. the the practical magic and the mystery that went along with raiders with the last crusade i feel like that is slowly dwindling yeah um so i don't i don't think it's possible to make a movie as charming as Raiders of the Lost Ark was. As they have been. Yeah. Um, also, you have to take into account the the, the timeline of things. The, fur, the further we get from 1930s, <laughs> 40s, 50s, 60s yeah. uh, time period where it's it's very easily digestible to see, yes, Indy versus Nazis. We kind of, as the world begins to develop a lot more, like Indy I, versus QAnon. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> just a very weird space to be in for for trying to come up with yeah. a plot device. Um, I don't want to see Indiana Jones uh, on an iPhone. Uh, I do not want to see that. Indiana Jones, like we, we pick up at like the Clinton administration or something, <laughs> or something like that. Nothing. Like that. that sounds like something I want to watch. I think the only thing Indiana Jones and the War on Terror. Oh my God, dude! That that <laughs> the way that we pick that up would, in that Afghanistan. Would be, that would be the the sequel that they would do for yes. sure. I think the only like uh, thing I would classify as a cash grab uh, for this, well, actually anything past this point would be a cash grab for right. this franchise. But I think the only thing I'd be okay with watching is if they excluded Indy entirely mm. and just made like a, a one-off short round movie maybe. Like if they oh, okay. did him as a kind of grown-up inspired by Indy thing, you know, ah. maybe that's something I'd watch if they did it right. Okay. But, yeah, I think they're. I think I'm happy with them being done. I I I, really I done. like that. Being said, I I'm fully aware that they will probably go back and make another. I mean, clearly there's enough money still in that property yeah. that people are going to want to make another movie to make money. And there and there's going to be a a crew and a cast and a director that yeah. wants to make a name for themselves enough to where they will take on that project. Hundred percent. Um. So I would just like. I would like to see them stray away from Indy as well. For sure, um, yeah. I want it, them to leave the character alone. I don't want yep. like Han Solo type beat where they recast nope. him and it like, no, 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 kind of no, no, look alike. No, no. Like it's Harrison Ford or it's not. Like, yeah, that's it. Just go with Phoebe Waller. I mean, um, I'm I'm fine with them spinning sure, off and going with there. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm just happy don't with that too. But Indy, I, I think we're we're done with. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and too, I hope they kind of move back to practical effects because I think that. Uh, practical effects obviously are way cheaper than CGI uh, and seeing that the, it was founded on that uh, and with its latest performance at the box office like it barely made back its budget so I, I save that think, money man yeah like save the money make a practical movie and it'll do numbers because it's attached to a big IP yep um, yeah <laughs> do you want to uh, real quick hit the hit the ranking like what, what it ended up being for you yeah, so pretty pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, so Dial, Dial Destiny was a six, by the way. I ranked it a six. 
So my official rankings mm-hmm. from worst to first. Uh-huh. We had Temple of Doom mm-hmm. at a five and a half. Yeah. Dial Destiny at a six. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at a six and a half. Last Crusade at an eight and a half. And then Raiders of the Lost Ark, the blueprint at nine and a half. Okay, good list, honestly. Like yeah. my, mine are really only a little interchanged in that I have a Temple of Doom, a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Dial of Destiny, uh, Raiders, and then Last mm. Crusade. I yep. actually had a great time with Dial of Destiny. I think... I, I, I did too. Uh, the indie haters, fuck the indie haters, man. Fuck, fuck yeah. the... And you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. The Building up to that movie, mm. I was so in my feelings, and I was so depressed about, oh, indie's getting old, like, this uh, is gonna I'm, suck, like, it doesn't I look like I want to be there. though, dude, because we look at the age that we're living in right now. Like I would say, ninety percent of remakes right now. Oh, I know. Bad. Like, but but going in realizing, hey, this is Indiana Jones and the the character and the series in general is a mm-hmm. timestamp for eighty cinema. That is a huge <laughs> moment, a huge turn in the moment of cinema, and to see a character like that to close the book on a character like that, yeah. um, is is worth my respect no matter what, 100%. no matter what we got with Dial Destiny. I'm just glad that they they came out with a somewhat. Yeah. Good movie to send decent, Harrison yeah, Ford off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, last thing we're going to do. Um, yeah, if listeners like Indiana Jones, like you and I do, uh, what would you recommend for him? I've got, I've got a selection of five. I don't know how many you have. Feel free to say all of them. I, I just <laughs> have, I, so I have a couple here. Um, really, and I can boil this down into sort of four different, four different categories. So first, yeah. for, for non-movies, um, any anybody that plays video games or enjoys single player video games, yeah. um, I can't rec- uh, recommend the Uncharted video game franchise enough. It plays a lot of those same uh, action adventure themes that we see Indiana Jones. It deals a lot with the mythos and the the immaterial and yeah. and transcending that world, um, as well. Again, um, kind of that swashbuckling, uh, exploring. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Exploring new places, meeting new faces. It's a very, very good time. Nathan Drake, um, definitely. Uh, yeah. Nathan Drake is a, a modern-day indie. A yeah. um, couple others. Um, Spielberg classics. Mm. Jaws. This was... Uh, True. Jaws True. is right up there, and it was really... You know, he came out with Jaws, I think, a year or two before Raiders. So this was prime Spielberg from the jump. Yeah. In He was in his bag when he directed that, mm-hmm. and then later on... Going to Jurassic Park. Those three movies, those yeah. three sort of, not campy, but very much action-adventure movies, mm-hmm. um, I think are synonymous with Steven Spielberg. So if you 100%. like Indiana Jones, you'll love Jaws and Jurassic Park. 100%. Um, Harrison Ford movies. Mm. Harrison Ford movies. Yeah. Blade Runner. Excellent oh, movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Blade Runner and Blade Runner 20, 2049, I think are two... <laughs> oh, yeah, he is in that Two movie. <laughs> really good Harrison Ford movies, as well as Air Force One. If you yeah. like Indiana Jones and you like this... 80s hero that Harrison Ford plays. I do love that line. <laughs> Get off my plane. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I do love that. I, I, I would recommend Blade Runner and Air Force One. And then finally, if you're into the sort of um, westerns that this was inspired by, yeah. um, go back and watch old Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, good, The Good, the, the Bad, the Ugly. The ugly. And really then um, Paul Newman, yeah. Cool Hand Luke, another movie that I can't recommend enough. Super sort of that... Um, Cool, very, very uh, not acad- obviously those guys aren't academic, but they're they're very cocky, mm-hmm. uh, cool gunslingers. So yeah, um, yeah. those those were just some movies I'd recommend. And definitely the cream of the crop when it comes to to westerns. Yeah, those are very good films. Yeah, yeah those are the guys. Um, for me, I just went with uh, the kind of action adventure like mystery vibe. Uh, yeah. I definitely recommend the Mummy. 
uh, the mummy. Which one? Oh, Hold on, don't. If you're watching Tom Cruise, turn it off. <laughs> switch. Um, yeah, no, 1999 with Brendan Fraser. It's really got that kind of um, same vibe as uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in that, uh, for one, we're in Egypt. Uh, and uh, second being that, you know, we, we definitely get this kind of like searching through tombs and, you know, finding different artifacts and this eventual mystery of different pieces of history kind of fixing together, like re- really, really good. Um, I'd recommend The Adventures of Tintin for okay. those of you that yeah. like uh, animation. It definitely kind of brings both. Uh, North by Northwest uh, by uh, Alfred Hitchcock, really good movie, uh, fantastic adventure movie, really great from start to finish. Uh, the Goonies, fucking love The Goonies. Mm-hmm. It's got short round in it, mm-hmm. so a little bit of continuity there, even though not really. Uh, and it's a great adventure uh, tale for uh, both kids and adults. Fifty dollar bill. Yeah, and uh, National Treasure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love National Treasure. Um, so 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 great. Uh, Nicholas Cage, a a staple Same. of uh, great films. Cross country, cross international vibes. Yes. Yes. Love, love, love. Like a uh, national treasure. Um, you got any final thoughts on uh, Indiana Jones? Any of the specific movies? Final thoughts. Um, listen, here's the here's the Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford yeah. and George Lucas and everyone involved. Um, definitely, personally speaking, this is one of the most pivotal pivotal movie mm-hmm. franchises and movies movies in particular with when it comes to Rares of the Lost Ark that's yeah. kind of inspired my interest and in, you know mm-hmm. no matter no matter what my taste in movies is my taste in music is mm-hmm. who I change as a person the motherfucker in the fedora <laughs> always comes back oh, and he will always always I will always relate to Indiana Jones and his his curiosity for the unknown as well as his um, sort of take no shit attitude when it comes to beating up some Nazis oh, yes. so um, yeah, cheers cheers to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, four cheers decades to... of success. Wow. Yeah. Un- unbelievable, really. So that that's that would be my final thoughts. Final question. Is Indiana Jones the only man to look good in a fedora? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I tr- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell even you his dad wears a bucket hat. Like he does. He, he, he knows that fedoras uh, it's not it's not for everyone. Yeah. No. I, I tr- tell you what, it was this is a Luke Hazen sidebar. <laughs> I think it was like middle school, yeah. Halloween, something like that. I showed up with my satchel and a fedora, playing Indiana Jones. Got bullied. Got bullied instantly. <laughs> got made fun of. Like, Said never again. Indy can can stick to the fedoras. <laughs> maybe right. maybe in another life. Maybe in in the 1930s I could have pulled it off. But Dang. yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm a lady. See, even myself. Oh shit, we fit. We skipped the MVPs. You want to go back and do the MVPs real quick? Sure. You yeah. Run down. Uh, run down MVPs. Who's your Who's your comedy MVP? Comedy MVP. Uh, uh, I just picked movies. I didn't go. Specific. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You could, you could, if you pick specific, even better. Okay. Then we got both. So, what is your comedy uh, MVP movie? Comedy MVP for me uh, now is Temple of Doom. Wow. <laughs> after hilarious. After we watched it, because it's it's so fucking out there and fantastical. The shit yep. that happens, it's like. It's not. I think fantastical is probably the wrong word. It's so unbelievable that it's funny to me. Yep. Like, and I, I genuinely, both alone and with another person, I think Temple of Doom was the Indiana movie that I laughed at the most. Yeah. You know, whether with or at, you know, regardless, I laughed the most while I was watching Temple of Doom. Who is who is yours? It, it's an objectively funny movie. Like it it's pr- it's pretty out outrageous that both the stuff that they put on screen and the the yeah. Yeah. It's a good time to watch with friends. I did not laugh at misogyny. <laughs> go on. Um, my comedy MVP, I went with characters. So my comedy MVP is going to go to Sala. Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily have the the most amount of jokes, 
Um, but he is always there for a good time. He is always there to help his his buddy Indy. Quality, quality. Get get your get you a friend like Sala. Get you a Sala. He (laughs) always lightens the mood um, when he's around. So comedy MVP Sala. Uh, for action MVP, um, we we talked about it earlier, but I, w- I went the last crusade. Last crusade, yeah, yep. Uh, action packed and so 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 good. This this was this is one of the the MVPs that I chose where I, I went with the movies. Movie, I, yeah. I just I just loved how how action packed it was and the quality of the action sequences. It goes everywhere from from planes, trains, automobiles, like <laughs> boats, blimps. We're in tanks. Yeah. We're you know we're all over the place. Motorcycles, horses. Horses. Fuck it. <laughs> awesome, awesome action sequences in, in The Last Crusade. So it's yeah, my MVP. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, mystery MVP. I went with the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I, I really like the mystery. Elaborate. Mystery. Uh, so, like, when I when I kind of wrote Mystery MVP on our, our outline, I was kind of thinking, like, which journey to the end did I enjoy the most? Did you, did, kept you invested the yeah, most? in terms of, like, the little tidbits of, like, here's the step yeah, yeah. Oh, kept oh. you on the edge of your seat yeah i, I really like the the different little moving parts of uh, of the narrative and uh, the plot of um dial of destiny i do think that it's the most interesting to me to see the the dial and all the like a, i'm a like huge globe like yeah, yeah. geography nerd so like that really appealed to my senses yeah the dial of destiny being coordinates and stuff like that i like it um, I had a completely different interpretation of what mystery MVP meant. I thought, who you know, outside of the obvious, like Indiana Jones is oh, like a like an underdog, like a, a not so obvious. Well, so you know, other than Indy, who's integral to every story and every mystery that yeah. he's a part of, yeah. who who is someone that advances um, these capers, these these quests along the way? And I, I said my mystery MVP was Marcus Brody. One uh, from oh, wow. yeah. from from the same college that uh, Indy goes to. Marcus Brody. That to, is a really to good make thing. another yeah. basketball analogy, uh, <laughs> if uh, Indiana Jones is Shaquille O'Neal, Marcus Brody is his Kobe. He constantly yeah. lobs up information, lobs yeah. up adventures, lobs up everything uh, to Indiana Jones to to slam home. Um, and so I'm I really think glad that, that we had two different. <laughs> <definitions for that. laughs> I, I think that Marcus Brody is is just as intelligent, if yeah. not more. But clearly, their skill sets are different in the way yeah. that Marcus is able to um, interact with people a lot better than Indy is, sure. and Indy just kicks more ass than Marcus does. And Marcus yeah. is a scared little little bitch in, in the Last I, Crusade. I love the little balances you have between characters. In this movie. Yeah, they they do a great they, job, yeah. and and so mystery MVP, the guy that kind of gets Indy along the way a lot of the times that we see throughout um, Marcus Brody. Nice. Good pick. Mythical MVP. Mythical MVP. Uh, Can I go first for this one? Yeah, of course. Okay. So mythical MVP, I I stuck with characters for this one. Okay. I think that mythical, in terms of characters that embody the the mythical aspect of these movies the best, Mm -hmm. I think goes to the the OG villain in in Belloc. I think that they, they, they did such a great job with making this guy so non one dimensional it would have been so easy for to just type ca- to to write this character as uh, a nazi general like his like his counterparts and just keep him at that and just have someone for indy to punch his face at the end um, in 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 instead they do this great job of building him to be almost like an he and indiana jones are very much equals um just in in very different ways yeah. And so he's very knowledgeable about the mythology behind the arc, yeah, and everything that they're trying to uncover. 
Um, and I think he does a great job um, as a kind of uh, counterbalance to Indy in advancing this mythology that we build up of the Ark. 100%. Clearly, yeah. clearly he is invested in the Ark because of the powers that it holds. Um, and and he, he wants to find that just as much as Indy does, if not more. Honestly, I'd probably say more because he's evil. But yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I put uh, uh, Raiders. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I, I when I when I thought of the the myth, I was really just thinking about like, what's the end goal? Like, mm-hmm. what am I getting to? And uh, the arc, I don't think has been topped. Honestly, yeah. I think the arc is is the most interesting final goal, uh, for sure. I I know we talked about um our favorite scenes from that movie, but mm-hmm. uh, a runner up for me for for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, for favorite scene. Yeah, for favorite for favorite scene. Mm-hmm. I talked about the in, the intro scene to Indian South America. Um, second favorite. Probably has to be the the expositional scene that we get with the the U.S. government agents Marcus Brody and um, and Indy in in the classroom where they are, Marcus and Indy are basically briefed on uh, what the U.S. intelligence has on the Nazis uh, trying to get the Ark and so Indy goes into this big explanation of what the Ark is about and the mythology behind it. Yeah, it's yeah. just a really good job of exposition um, and, and setting us all up. <laughs> Yeah, that's the historical gene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yep, that is, yeah. Guilty as charged. You got anything else for for, for indie fans out there? (laughs) You know what? Just, I would say to indie fans, stay curious. Our guy guy is gone, but that doesn't mean that that history stops. History is always... Hold him to the standard. It's our genre. Hey, hold him to the standard, right? Belongs in a museum. That's right. No, just stay curious. That's what I said. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. As always, uh, thanks for tuning in on... Uh, Spotify to listen. Uh, make sure to leave a review with star rating. Luke, thank you for joining me this week. This was uh, super fun. Um, let's definitely do this all the time. Thank you for having <laughs> me on, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, you can uh, see, you can find me on Letterboxd, on Twitter. Do you want to plug any socials? Uh, I don't know if you, yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Luke Hazen 19 yes, on sir. Twitter. That's where, I, <laughs> that's where I'm most active. Um, I also have a Letterboxd, but I don't put in the time and effort that is needed like, <laughs> like Jeremy does. So yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, th- those are definitely the spots that we're, we're most active on. Um, uh, I'll see you guys next week. We're going to take a look back at summer of 2023 uh, maybe do a little ranking, uh, maybe just kind of do, you know, in, in month rankings. But uh, and we're also going to take a look at the kind of ongoing issues with uh, SAG-AFTRA and the WGA strikes. Um, but anyway, yeah, have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday, 10 p.m.